So this is kind of a snazzy little studio that we're in right now. I'm impressed. I am. I mean, especially for just a little free studio that you can use at your local library. I had to figure out the mic a little bit. But yes, this, this is a brand new mic. This but, is uh, it's a fancy I like this mic. I have to look into grabbing me one of these. Fortunately, we figured out that you have to have it on the omnidirectional setting to record everything properly because the whole point of having a studio is to not get the echo sound in the background. That is true, and it's a good thing we have plenty of time to figure that out. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully. Okay, let's get this thing started. Crosstalk. The unintentional transfer of signals between communication channels. A casual conversation. This is Video Game Crosstalk, episode 039, the monthly podcast of gamers talking tech, science, and whatever else comes to mind. I'm your host, Anthony DeRossi, and with me this episode is host of the podcast, Stories from a Bar, Chris Osborne. Yay! Yay! That's me. That's me. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had you on. It has. I'm, I'm excited, because when I am the guest on other people's podcasts, I don't have to worry about editing. You know, isn't it great? I believe... The level of feels like a weight's lifted off the shoulders. Like, you're basically just here to hang out. I am. Like, you're... No booze, because we're at a public library, but, you know. <laughs> so that's kind of a, a switch-up for you, for the most part. I mean, you have a... I've got water. Okay. It's, it's not vodka. <laughs> not just water, not vodka. <laughs> kind of a switch-up for you. Kind yes. of departure from your norm, but, hey, <laughs> it happens. <sighs> it's probably good to give the liver a break, yeah. Give you some breathing room. Yeah. Give some breathing room and recover and swing it again. <laughs> oh, man. So we are actually at a local library right now. And I found out while trying to find, like, a separate studio to do some live recording in that the Bethlehem Public Library in upstate New York actually has a makerspace. And this makerspace has a podcast studio and, like, a public access TV studio thing? It definitely looks like it's, yeah, a it, typical public access type little it, setting. Yeah, I'm going to take some pictures uh, while we're here because this will make good uh, fodder for it's a blog post or something. Not quite the, as we were talking about, not quite the beyond two ferns, or be between two ferns type setting. Not quite there. But, but there is a single plant There is a single between plant between two chairs. Between two tan chairs, two tan armchairs. This is definitely your... What you would imagine public access to be, with a nice blue curtain in the background. You know, if you did a video series, you can call it the plant between us. Ooh. <laughs> I think you might be on to something. Do a little video component? Yeah. I mean, they got the video camera set up over there. I see a mic, some actual stage lighting. That's intense. That's good. I always like video evidence of my sweating. Yeah, right? <laughs> Have you ever been on stage? Oh, man. Not, uh... Because I have, in various of, capacities. Well, outside of, like, school or mm. work or something like that, no. Okay. So, I did the school musical a few times. Uh, yes, I did that. Because I am actor. <laughs> I am... 
I think the I, stage loves me and I it. I was in but, one in elementary school. Okay. But between that and my local music gigs when I used to host, I've had a few higher profile gigs that I emceed for the event. And it gets hot on stage. Oh, yeah. It gets really hot. I, um, yeah, just in, I remember back in school whenever I had oral reports and things like that. Mm-hmm. I get such bad anxiety and... Oh, anxiety is a whole nother situation. Super warm. Mm -hmm. I can just feel my armpits. Yeah, but like when you're on stage and like the entire theater is dark and you've got the spotlight on you, that thing is nearly a heat cannon of light (laughs) and you get blasted from multiple angles because we want to have the the actor or the presenter lit up on stage. So you're getting like heat cannons from like two or three different directions. So there's no shadows behind you. And it's all just heat raining down on you. And yeah, you get sweaty real quick. Really sounding quite unappealing. It, (laughs) but it's showbiz. (laughs) So, ah, it's been a while since I've put out an episode. You've been a busy guy. I've had some life changes come through, yeah. and apparently I like to do all my life changes at the same time. So You do seem to go in spurts. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I guess it's good to get it all done in one shot, but I'd like to breathe a little bit. So the first thing is I accepted a new position at the office, and for... If you know me and where I work, it should be obvious reasons why I do not discuss my day job. Still can't talk about it. No, still can't talk about it. And you know, it's just, it's my day job. It's separate from the podcast. I keep those two lives separate. But it's definitely a step up for me, so I'm really happy. But it's a lot. So it's uh, in a completely different department, doing completely different things. Really excited, but it's it's a stress. It's, it's a big shift in what's going on. And the other... Little thing, little big life event is... It was tiny. It He is tiny. He is a little guy. He is... His name is Lucas. Baby and Finrod, as we call him at the office. <laughs> Get it right. It, it, okay, so Baby Finrod has been welcomed into the world. Yeah. Or as I call him, Lucas. <laughs> but that's his unofficial name, that's, apparently. Yeah, Lucas is unofficial. <laughs> Got it. Uh, brought him into the world and all the joy that comes with bringing new life, the wonderful blessing that is an infant that cries, sleeps, and poops at all times. <laughs> and not necessarily in that order and not all uh, separately. Sometimes these things happen all at the same time. Doesn't even have to be awake. No, he really doesn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That happened about an hour or so ago. He's just kind of sleeping in his little swing rocker thing, and you just hear like a rumble coming from his gut. Like, and Jacob, Jacob is now three years old at this point, and he turned around. I was making a puzzle with him on the floor. Jacob stands up. He pooped. <laughs> yes, Jacob. He definitely pooped. How has Jacob adjusted to Jacob loves his little brother. It is kind of adorable. That's cool. He's like, Jacob, do you love your little brother? I love Lucas. Like, oh, it's so sweet. We'll gotta, see how long that lasts. You got to tell him he's not saying Finrod, right? <laughs> thing is pronounced Finrod. That's how I read it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. But Lucas is, excuse me, Finrod is now one yeah. month old. Things are kind of settling down, and I'm telling you, the whole second child tropes and cliches about 
how you just like care so much less <laughs> about, about certain things. The stereotypes are true. Oh, they are so true. And I got to tell you, our sleeping is so much better this time around than with Jacob. With Jacob, we had the foolish notion that we might be able to get some hours of sleep with at the same time. At the same time, oh, it, and it <laughs> tore us apart. It was it was rough. What we're doing now is, well, we were just taking two to three hour shifts with him. Mm-hmm. So overnight, one of us would be awake with. Finrod, and we would just... I can't wait for you to get back to your wife and start calling the baby Finrod and not even realize it. Hey, Finny. Hey, Finrod. Come here, bud. It's a little Finny. (laughs) So we were taking like two-hour shifts with him, and it worked. Yeah, still tired in the morning, but it worked. We did our thing. But now what we've figured out is we have the bassinet in the bedroom, and I'm sleeping in the bed. And I know this sounds terrible. Stephanie is sleeping on the couch. However, there's a reason for this. <laughs> there better be. There, there's a reason for this. First off, it was her idea. Second, <laughs> okay. when you put the infant down in the bassinet, they can like either sense or smell their mother. Really? Yeah, definitely can. Like He knows when mommy is close. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So if Stephanie was in the bed with us, or in the bed and Finrod was in the bassinet, I'm going to try really hard to keep the Finrod going. (laughs) So Finrod's in the bassinet. He would know that Stephanie is close and want to nurse. Interesting. So I'm in the bedroom. Finrod's in the bassinet. And Stephanie's on the couch. Since Stephanie is far enough away, he doesn't feel the need to nurse. So, so he, he actually sleeps. Sleeps more. Yes. It's a nice trick to know. It is a very nice trick to know for whoever wants to experiment with that. Go take it, do it. Because, I mean, it's working so much better. I mean, I feel bad because Stephanie's up at night, you know, nursing every two to three. Yeah, infants need to feed every two to three hours. Yep. It, it's terrible. But we've been able to get fairly good nights of sleep now and way better than just the chaos like the it it was terrible it was i've never been so utterly exhausted as we were with our first child it was painful i don't know how much it showed at the office i can imagine but well it's not like the bar was ever set very high for you so not really (laughs) it's it's the key keep the bar low Mm -hmm. this way you know can't disappoint yeah easy to achieve your goals <laughs> they're very small uh, so what have you been up to oh man uh, I mean mostly work we are my girlfriend and I are in the middle of moving no that's fun so it's been a little hectic the last two weeks it's unexpected we ran into some issues where we were and we pretty much want to leave so Ooh, we're just trying okay. to get out and uh, so there's boxes everywhere but it's at the point where I can pack some stuff and now I'm just kind of waiting. Okay. Because we're not moving for, we got another week, and so next weekend. Okay, so you said, I was going to ask, so like, like oh, when yeah, is we're going, your lease we're, we're just moving across town next weekend, but I've got some stuff packed, and then empty boxes everywhere, and, like, can't really pack much else, because I don't know what I'm going to need. Yeah, and for, like, a full week, you're going to need so a good amount of stuff. sitting around, and, like, uh, the dog's walking around, sniffing and licking the boxes for some reason. <laughs> for, like, because that's what that's dogs do. not helping yeah. your brain cells. No, not really. But, that's but she do. is adorable. Mm. So, I, yeah, that's pretty much that work for the next 
yeah, week the, or two. The last couple of times I moved, like between department or uh, excuse me, between apartments and uh, into our house, the last night or two, like I lived on absolute fumes. Oh, it was yeah. basically like wh- whatever I need, I'm just going to leave out. But like that's just like you know, underclothes, under t shirt, and that's a. About it, because I definitely did take out, like, the last night or two before I moved. Yep. Last couple of times. So I'm doing no dishes. I'm cooking nothing inside the apartment. And we're just going to order Chinese the last two nights. (laughs) And it just, everything goes in the garbage. Plastic forks, the utensils, the container, everything. In the garbage and dishes are done. Kind of surprised by how much crap I've thrown out already. Oh, isn't it great? It is. Feels good, really good. Yeah, like I went through garbage bags of stuff when I moved out of my apartment. Just garbage bags of stuff. And it's not like I got any more room in my apartment when I was purging like that, but it definitely felt less cluttered. Yeah. Like I I can breathe now. Like it just feels cleaner. Yeah, somehow. Well, yeah, because it gave real. Anyway, so what you been playing recently? Funny you mention that. I uh, well, I knew you were going to mention it. But. Well, <laughs> given the video game crosstalk, yes. and <laughs> shocker, real really caught me off guard with that. But uh, right now, I'm kind of knee deep in Final Fantasy X, which I've never played before. Okay. And I've had the remastered version of that and Ten Two on my shelf, probably for a couple of years. Okay. <laughs> and I've just never gotten around to it. So I finally fired that up, and. Uh, I'm not that far into it. Probably about 10 hours worth. Mm-hmm. I'm getting more and more into it. I hate Blitzball. Hate All it. the mini games that Final Fantasy puts into their games. It's It was more intricate to try to learn how to play the one Blitzball game that I have to play mm-hmm. inside of the actual game than it right. is to learn how to play the actual game. Yeah. That turns me off. Yeah, that, it was some Tetra card game. Tetra Cell, Tetra something or other. Yeah. And one of the other Final Fantasies. But there's a lot of great games that have really built-in, intricate little stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like The Witcher 3. Great game. I did not play Gwent. Yeah, the right. The card game inside of the game. Yeah. Like, don't care. Like, I'm not going to take time to learn this. I want to play the RPG. If I want to play a collectible card game, I'd play the collectible I'd card game. I'd go buy a deck of cards. And yeah, right? I'd, I'd find go, another nerd. <laughs> I'd go get, you know, Magic the Iron cards. I'd go get Netrunner cards. I'd go get whatever else. But no, I want to play an epic RPG. Yeah. I want to travel around town. I want to slay a bunch of demons. I don't want to... Got to yep. keep an eye on the uh, audio recording. Yeah, <laughs> so we've been talking. Been Whole going, different setup. <laughs> going pretty good, but all of a sudden the screen went blank. I mean, I'm like, oh, got to make sure the this thing is still recording. Yeah. It is. Okay, so we're good. Ah, cool. Yeah, but uh, it's funny. It, it's just I haven't gotten around to playing it in a long time. There's always I always have some kind of backlog. And yeah, I whittled the, it down finally. The, the gamer's curse. Yeah, the started playing this, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, I just bought, I saw that the game Sekiro was on sale for like 30 bucks. Like, oh. okay. I've been wanting to play it, and I try not to pay full price yeah, most I of the time. Yeah, I think right now, <clears throat> Neo, I think, is one of the PS Plus games. Tried it, don't want it. Okay, there we go. I tried playing it. Okay. You, you have to repeat everything. You kill every time you die. You can't oh. pause. Like, okay, you know, right. So this is the one that's the the, the Dark Souls-esque yeah. game. Where thought I did not enjoy it. Thoroughly brutal, got to memorize and be precise with all your attacks and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And then when you die, you get to kill everyone you just killed again. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. 
Yeah, unfortunately, with the I've written a blog post or two about how I love playing games right now on, like, give me a story difficulty. Like, whatever's below easy, give me that. Because <laughs> I just don't have the time. I'm mean, Right now, I thought I'd be able to squeak in a few hours here and there of late night gaming with Finrod yep. while he was awake <laughs> in the middle of the night or something. But what I've run into is that if I'm not pacing around the house, at least this is the way it was while I was still staying up with him. If I wasn't carrying him around and pacing around the house, he'd get upset and start whining again. Oh. So you had to like constantly cradle him, constantly just hold him and like pace around that so you can feel the movement. I mean, there's been several times I did this with Jacob. I'm doing it now with Finnerod. This is going to be bad if I like relearn his name like this, but we'll see what so happens. I'm really pulling for it. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> That I've gone on 11 o'clock p.m., 2 a.m. walks around the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I believe it. Bundle up, drop him. He's screaming the entire time, which is why I'm trying to get him out of the house. So uh, I had him for a walk for a good two hours between the hours of 2 and 4 a.m. And it was entertaining to see everyone coming home from the bars because I think it was on like a Friday or Saturday night, too. Oh, man. Yeah. So people just kind (laughs) of... I remember those days. Yep. Some of those nights I remember fondly. Some of them, man. Oh, and I've been meaning to get the Untitled Goose Game, which I think I will do. Oh, jeez. <laughs> tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> I want to play it. I want to play it real bad. Oh, I saw a few memes when that thing was released, and it was kind of like the dialogue of certain AAA developers. Like, people want a 100-hour game with deep storyline, intricate mechanics. Don't need it. And the gamers were like, I'm a goose, honk, honk. <laughs> Well, you know what the best part of the little trailer they had was sneaking up on, like, a little kid, Mm -hmm. tying his shoes together. The kid notices it, or bends down to, like, untie his shoes, Mm -hmm. and he set his toy down. The goose grabs the toy, runs away. (laughs) Kid sees it, tries to chase the goose, but his shoes are still tied. Falls falls on his face, glasses go flying. Goose drops toy, takes glasses, runs the other (laughs) way. How can you not want to play a game like that? I'm kind of intrigued. I don't know if I'll get around to it, but mm, I've actually, so in the whole light of having to constantly cradle an infant in order for him to stay asleep, I did download Chrono Trigger onto my phone. Nice. So I'll cradle him and I just turn my phone down. I need one hand. Well, I have both hands going. Just got, I have them like cradled. I'm pantomiming oh, right okay. now. So I have them cradled like in my forearms and I'm holding the phone in my hands. What about but a baby it, Bjorn? Uh, you know what? It's easier just to have him lay down. Okay. He, he's a side sleeper. Really? Yeah, okay. he prefers to sleep on his side. Well, okay. Good for him. Yeah, do, you do you, little homie. And I turned the, the brightness down on my phone all the way so mm-hmm. it's as dim as possible. Turn the sound down all the way so, again, it's as low as possible. Don't want to wake a sleeping Finrod. No, you really don't. That's bad times right there. <laughs> that's bad times for everyone. And, yeah, reliving some old school golden age RPG nice. action. It's been good. So, I got you here and but I've, I've had you on once. At least once. Yeah, we did an E3 wrap up her summary. Yeah. Well, this past one, the one but year before, before that. Yeah. But since then, you've got your own podcast going on. I do. Did, I, oh did yeah, you have we, your podcast at that time? We did, it's when we did the dad jokes. That's right. We, yeah, that was Father's the two-parter. Yes. Oh, that was great. That was fun. That was, Nothing that, but drinking and dad jokes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah drinking and dad jokes. 
<laughs> over at Fort Orange Brewery. That yeah. was good stuff. So the podcast is still going. It's called Stories from a Bar. Indeed it is. So how did you get into this? Uh, well, obviously, you know, but for people that don't. <laughs> right. Podcasting, it was weird. Not ever something I thought of, really, outside of listening to one occasionally. Started helping you out when Master Jacob came along with some social media stuff for your podcast. Mm-hmm. Went to a couple cons with you, met a couple other podcasters, started getting the idea in my head, this could be fun to do, something like this on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm like, what am I into? I'm like, I don't can't do another one about video games and tech and stuff like yeah. that. Like, I love drinking. <laughs> well, it, I say that jokingly. It's something I've always enjoyed since I've been 21, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> of course. Obviously. It's just like kind of going around town, checking out all the places, drinking establishments out there, and not even now just going to get hammered or anything like that. But I always like trying new beers mm-hmm. and, you know, striking up with conversations when you're feeling good after a drink or two with strangers, learning about them. So that was kind of the inspiration and kind of what I go for, just kind of a relaxed, hanging out type vibe. And I've had, I've met some awesome people, mainly the brewers for the breweries that Mm -hmm. I hang out with, all super cool guys. And it's nice to learn about kind of behind the scenes instead of just drinking the beer. So the concept of the podcast is, like quite literally, the name is Stories from a Bar. And the concept is... Have some drinks. Stories at a bar. Yeah. That's basically the idea. I try to keep it at a bar most times. But it doesn't always work out that way. Hey, that happens. But the beer is the constant, really. As long as there's something to drink. Like, the, the bar is where you make it. It's the way I look at so it. So alcohol has been consumed during the recording of every episode so far? I think except for the one I did at Indian Ladder Farms, I had a normal cider because it was like 10 in the morning and I went to the Metallica concert the night before. Okay. Wasn't really in the mood for More booze, booze that early after that. Or were you? Uh, I had to drive. <laughs> okay. I had to drive. Okay. So that was kind of like the main idea when I first started it. It's kind of morphed into more of kind of whatever the heck I want it to be. Mm-hmm. You, you've had some specialty yeah, episodes. I, I have not listened to your most recent specialty episode. You will enjoy that. I call it uh, the first episode in a special series I'm calling the Statesman series. Okay, let's go into this. The, kinda, the kinda, Statesman series. Kind of inspired by those Florida man memes that uh, people see on the internet all the time and enjoy and laugh because people in Florida, it's not portrayed the best in the most positive light. Not really. <laughs> Got a little bit of shenanigans going on down there. Indeed. So if you just Google Florida man, like a lot of people were doing, getting some great headlines, things like that. And I thought, I'm going to start doing this for other states just to see what else comes up. And uh, it was surprisingly easy to find <laughs> some good headlines for a lot of states. I was, uh, I mean, I was generally concerned for humanity most days. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing that, and I wondered if I wasn't concerned enough. <laughs> How so? What were you finding? Uh, well, for anyone that hasn't heard it yet, the first episode I did was uh, Michigan Man Stories. Okay. And uh, I'll just put this out there now. It's an explicit series of episodes, okay. and it will be. <laughs> and it will be explicit. Okay. But, so heads uh, up on that. Trying to keep this somewhat family-friendly for yours, mm-hmm. there was one instance where uh, a middle-aged man had to move home after a divorce, had about a, had a smut collection valued at about $29,000. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of that's smut. A, that's a collection. That's a dedicated fan that's to a, the arts. If, if you want to call it a collection, <laughs> yeah. And then 
moved back with his parents for a few months, moved back out, and before his parents brought him all his stuff, I guess the father or the parents threw out the smut collection. That's so <laughs> that's so now he was suing his parents for like eighty six thousand dollars. Okay, that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, I assume emotional distress. <laughs> that mm. so like I empathize. So it was Michigan man sues his parents for throwing out his porn collection. Yeah. It was kind of the headline. So like I empathize to the point of the dollar value. Like I, despite or. Despite what your conceptions or perceptions would be about pornography. Yep. All right. This is a $29,000, like, It's a lot of money to have spent on porn. It is a lot of money to be spent on porn. But just, like, the sheer dollar amount, I feel that, like, that's – there's issue. There's definitely issues going on. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But that's, like, where I would empathize, where it's, like, this is a significant, like, financial investment that was just discarded. Oh, yeah. That that's a lot, but so, so from here on out, you're gonna do just whatever, like state, ma- yeah, state man, right? There's, yeah, and like I said, I'll just Google a random state and use the word man after it and kind of so, stories for different states and things like that. Right. So there are plans for me to come on. We're gonna do, yes, we're gonna do a Wisconsin man episode at some point. Right, we'll do Wisconsin man. We were going to start with New York man. However, new, what were the issues that we found with New York man? Uh, most of the New York man stories generally involve murder or drugs, <laughs> and I kind of like to keep it lighthearted. I guess stereotypes, you know, exist yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Welcome to New hey, York. found another body in the river today. <laughs> okay. All right. You can really only make so many jokes, and just death in general. Yeah. Isn't that humorous? Th- yeah, this... Is it a funny death, at least? No, it's just, no, a, it's just it another a, homicide. No, probably just another mob hit. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to... Kind of mix that mm-hmm. series in. Plus, it you know it helps keep the podcast interesting for me. It gives me a chance to put out more content, a little variety to mm-hmm. you know keep things spiced up. I really enjoy, like I said, I really enjoy going to like the local businesses and not even just drinking establishments. I don't want to limit who mm-hmm. I talk to. Yeah, because you've been going to a lot of specifically breweries and bars. bars. The goal is generally to try to record at a brewery or bar, mm-hmm. and then just bring in whatever kind of guest I think would be interesting or cool to hang out with and mm-hmm. have some good stories. But um, and the interesting thing is, it's I've put out 20 episodes now. Okay. So I'm getting to a point where a couple people have re- actually reached out to me to be on the podcast and asked if I wanted to come in and record. That is fantastic. And it's not even really something I thought of when I started doing it. Yeah, right? I mean, I'm not going to lie, I had the idea, hey, maybe I'll get a free beer here or there out of mm-hmm. this too. It's kind of cool to be in a position where I've built it up at least a little enough to the point where maybe I can help some of these local businesses and mm-hmm. promote their business as well. Yeah. It's like, it's a fun hobby for me. I learn about places I like around town and it's kind of like a win-win. So it's really cool. That's kind of a goal that I have with this podcast as well, because I'm trying to bring in some of the goals for this podcast is one of them is breaking down the stigma of the lone white male in his parents' basement playing video games. Yep. Like, that's clearly so antiquated at this point. So utterly antiquated. So I'm bringing in, like, business professionals, technology professionals, who are also gamers, talking about what they do. But what I'm trying to push now is exactly what you were talking about with promoting a local business in that there's a lot of stuff going on in the capital region. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But if I can bring on local business owners or people who are have some type of endeavor that they're trying to promote 
in the area. And they're also a dork like I am. <laughs> like The podcast, given its conversational nature, you can get so much more information out and different types of information out. And it's funny you say that. I was going to mm-hmm. say... I did an episode at Artisanal Brew Works up in Saratoga. Okay. Hanging out with um, Kurt, one of the owners there. Mm-hmm. And even he said what was so appealing about the type of format where you're just kind of sitting down and hanging out and chatting is it's not just the snippet from like a news article or a right. quick review that maybe you'll get your quote in there or not. Mm-hmm. You have a chance to really expand upon what you want to say about your business. Exactly. Like that. It gives, you know, the person you're talking to the opportunity to really go into stuff. Mm. I mean, for example, when I did my two-part esports segment when the Hudson Valley GamerCon was coming on, I talked to the guys at Gaming Insomniacs, and I was able to talk to uh, Kieran Enzer, who was running the the convention, the esports tournament. And, I mean, the guys at Gaming Insomniacs, they were on the local news stations to promote them and some of the things that they were doing. But if you get two minutes on, like, a local newscast that's a huge chunk of time that is a lot of time two minutes is massive i talk with them for like 45 minutes you know and where are you going to get more information yeah granted 30 to 45 minutes talking about like one thing is a lot of time then not many people are going to be able to like stomach that length of a conversation but as far as I mean you got to really want to know about you're what they're gonna, talking about yeah you're going to want to know about them specifically to go into a deep dive like that but that gives certain business owners and certain people that amount of time to talk yeah. for that length and they're going to talk for that length I mean, oh, yeah. this is this is their passion, right? Like, hey, I hear you started your own esports uh, biz in one of the urban co-works in downtown Schenectady. Want to talk about it? Blah 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 blah. blah. And it, it was great. And it's great when I have people on that just take the conversation because then I can just sit there and sip my beer. <laughs> oh, is that great? <laughs> so, some of the interviews that I've had on this show, and some of the people I've talked to at different cons, some people are more open with sharing than others. Yep. And sometimes you have to get creative with your editing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's so great where you ask just a simple question and they just take it and go. And you're just like, cool, I'm going to hang back. All and right. You do you. You I do got you. a drink. I'm just going to sit here. Oh, and yeah, sit. with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just go. I always try to have a drink. <laughs> Oh, man. So, when I go drinking now, I call it research. Isn't it great? That's got to be uh, fun. In the long term, if I end up with any liver issues, I'm going to blame you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, But, yeah, so so you enjoy coming to some of these cons? Yeah, the cons are always fun. The costumes are always amazing. It's really impressive. We've seen some amazing ones. It was the Predator one, right, that we saw? Alien. Alien. Yes. With the... Almost looked like it was a stray movie prop. Yeah, they have a guy behind him to help carry the tail and everything. Right. So if your cosplay is at the point where you need some buddies to hang out to like watch your like eight foot tail behind you, like if you need assistance walking through the convention hall, you've got a massive cosplay. Yeah. There's another dude. I think uh, I forget his name. Rojo Rosia had a massive Warhammer 40k cosplay it's just like massive massive dude and some of the cosplays are actually amazing uh, i was actually able to have ray umerly on from forceworks i'm sure yep. you saw those yeah. 
Uh, he has done some great stuff. Follow uh, ForceWorks on Instagram, mm-hmm. the Instagram account. It's impressive the stuff that uh, he's been putting together. Yeah. Oh, recent. So we're recording this just after Halloween, and he posted a few things where it's uh, the caption was "It's Halloween, but you still need to maintain an executive presence," <laughs> because he's a CIO. Yeah. So he's in the office. You know, he needs to maintain an executive presence, which you know. I am happy that I received a promotion. I don't know how high in the company I wish to go. I don't know how high in any company I wish to go because I don't know if I really want to deal with the politics and the administrative headaches that come along with rank. But you know, it doesn't matter how casual most offices are, especially here on the East Coast. You're gonna have to maintain, yeah, the executive presence oh. where you know you need to put on your suit and tie. But he's a huge nerd. So <laughs> he did like this men in black thing. And he posted later he had like the big alien head on. There you go. Uh, it was great. Yeah, good times to be had at the bar. Yeah, man. I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. Like I said, I'm going to keep it going. It's kind of overall now just a mix of my interests. <laughs> it's, but again, but that's... it's all about just kind of hanging out with someone, having some beers and talking about it. Sharing but, some fun stories. And, and, and like isn't that. that how like... Uh, conversations at a bar actually yeah, go like you, you have no idea what essentially that's gonna you know the vibe I'm going for yeah. whether I'm actually sitting at a bar or hanging out somewhere else but yeah nice okay so we're gonna get into some of the headlines now and I got them pulled up here first headline it looks like we're heading into the new generation of consoles. Oh, man, I can't wait. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, hey, how do you feel about this? So the headline we got, this was actually from the Wall Street Journal, the one that I'm going to post, and that Sony says the next PlayStation is coming next year. Yeah, they, I mean, they only, obviously everyone knew it was coming at some point. Yeah, I think everyone kind of assumed. Yeah, but they didn't really officially announce it until mm-hmm. maybe like a month ago, technically. It was still no official release date. I'm guessing... Probably November of next year. Thinking yeah, holiday I season. I mean, they, I think they said holiday. Okay. Yeah, they, they said so, holiday. Yeah. Uh, Actually, did you see this week they already trademarked PlayStation? Oh, did they go like up to eight or something like that? Six through ten or something did like that. Did they go that high? Yeah. I'm not going to live long enough to see those. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Not the way I'm living. <laughs> not if this podcast takes off. We'll see. I get paid to drink. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you. I remember where when you were starting this off, and you're like, I will consider myself made it if I get a free beer. And then one of the bars or breweries you went to, you get your first free beer, and you're like, did it. All I'm right. It's like I said, keep those goals small. <laughs> Feel good about yourself. That's right. But I don't know. And I said this about the current generation. Like, how much farther can we go as far as processing power? That is a – have you seen the uh, – Leaked video, and I use leaked in quotation marks. Right, we got the air going on yeah, right now. You know, it was meant to be leaked or not. The side by side comparison of the PS5, what will be the PS5 version against the PS4 Pro, and them trying to load the same level of Spider Man. No, I didn't see this. You didn't see this? No. So the PS4 Pro version loaded the Spider Man level in about nine seconds, a little less than 10. Okay. The, which well, is quick. Yeah, it's which quick. is quick. It's yeah. quick. Uh, the PS5. Version, mm-hmm. just under a second. Jeez. Hey, you know what? I won't but complain. 
I mean, yeah, you I mean, you make a good point. What else can you realistically expect them to improve on these days? Maybe other than loading times? Yeah. I think at this point graphically, I can't tell a difference. Well, and this was my compl- well, I don't know if it's complaint but commentary like moving into 4K. It, my eyes are shot. Like I have to wear glasses to play games right now because uh, we need to get a bigger TV in our And how computer. much money would I need to be able to afford a TV where I would be able to tell it? Well, yeah, that's that's <laughs> what we're getting at. Like, my eyes suck, so I need to wear glasses depending on how far away. And especially with the size of the font that are on in games right now because everyone's assuming 50-plus inch yeah. screen. And depending on how far away you're sitting, yeah, there's a difference between the 4K and the 1080. I, I yeah, there's a difference. It's beautiful. And soon to be 8K. But as we were just saying, how the Untitled Goose Game, <laughs> you know, that's that's all cell shading, it's, right? It's, and it's, it's all illustrative. It is, and it's like back to my argument, the always the constant Xbox PlayStation argument. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> At this point, I could care less about the system. I just want a string of good games to play. That's basically what it comes down to, and that's and. Graphical quality does not equal it's superior gameplay experience. Indifferent at this point. I mean, we're f- far enough along that there's, there's not going to be hardly any difference between the two systems. No, oh yeah, between the two systems, not at all. And you know, there's talk of the Xbox Scarlet coming out eventually. Yeah. Okay, so that's whatever the next Xbox is going to be. Awesome. But okay, so we get up to 4K now. I mean, how much more detail is really adding value? To, to the gameplay experience. I noticed in the articles I read, other than, um, where'd you get this one? The Wall Street? Yeah. It's a good article, and of course there's a whole bunch of articles about what Sony has planned. There, I noticed a lot of detail pay, in attention paid to a new controller, and it being even more sensitive. <sighs> yeah, the haptic feedback. Yeah. Not a lot of it. Like, you'll be able to tell the difference in the rumbling between walking through tall blades of glass. Mm. <laughs> tall blades. That's, yeah. That's badass. <laughs> Okay, as opposed to running a race car into a wall. Okay. Real, more sensitivity in the trigger handles. Mm. Okay. That seems to be... The immersion aspect of it all. Because I know, I don't know if I've really noticed it in my PlayStation controller, but when I was still gaming on Xbox, they definitely had two different, I guess I'll call them rumble packs for lack of a better term, inside the controller. One was a larger, heavier one, and there was a smaller, lighter one for like different types of impacts mm-hmm. and rumbling. So like if you're driving a car over grass, yeah. you know, the large one would just kind of go rubble, <clears throat> rubble, 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 rubble. where if it's a trigger pull on a firearm, the smaller one would give you like the sharp like bang type of feedback. Yep. And so it looks like they're pushing farther into that direction, but yeah, I'm going to be the old man here and it's like okay, so 4K TVs are dirt cheap. Yeah. At this point, They're only a few hundred dollars, like two, three hundred dollars for a 4K TV at this point of a good size. So great. I haven't purchased one yet because I still only have the base model of the PlayStation 4. So I have the PS4 Pro and I still don't have a 4K TV. Okay. Well, you know, the option <laughs> well, is there for you. I mean, honestly, the TV I have is a great picture, so it hasn't really bothered me that much to the point where I wanted to spend an extra hundred, hundreds of dollars just to, you know. Probably minimal impact from the enjoyment I already get. Well, and, and again, there was 
it goes back to the same thing. So once I got the PlayStation, finally, and I played a handful of games, I did notice where the graphical resolution peaked, and I was able to see some of the 60 frames per second refresh rate. Yep. And it was in Devil May Cry and Infamous Second Son. I was able to see it like peak performance. Yeah. And it looked buttery smooth. It looked beautiful. <laughs> I was like, oh, it just jumped up in quality. And wow, this is really good. So I noticed that. But it th- that's just the visual aspect of it all. If the storyline is crap, I don't care. If the controls are crap, yeah. I don't care. You know what I value more? Voice acting than the visuals. If, if No, that's got, true. That can really take you out. Yeah. If that can really take you out of the experience. I mean, I appreciate the enhancements of the experience, but if some of the writing is terrible, if the controls and the menus are clunky, if certain systems within the gameplay mechanics are just utterly broken, like that's what I value more, not the level of detail and granularity of the graphics. Oh, yeah, man. So, like... Sure, we can have the next whatever big AAA title coming through, but are enhanced graphics really going to increase your enjoyment when we have... I mean, Borderlands 3 is like illustrative style. It's straight up comic book style art. It's beautiful. It's very detailed. Yep. It ain't realistic. Nope. It is definitely some type of like... uh, So I used to call it cell shading, but I did see a few artists from Gearbox... There was, for whatever reason, there was like a huge rise from the artists where it's like, it's not cell shading. I'm thinking to myself, oh, calm down. But then some of the artists really went into detail for the difference between cell shading and the illustrative style that they're using. I'm like, oh, okay, it legit is not cell shading. Mm -hmm. Okay, my apologies. I'm the ignorant one here. But I try to grow. (laughs) I try to better myself. I no longer refer to it as such. But it, they're not going for hyper-realism. No. And at this point, graphics aren't a selling point for me anymore because no. they're already beyond what we'd ever thought they'd like, be yeah. to begin with. And we are of an age where graphics really did make a difference back in, like, what no, I mean, what you could pump out of a Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo. Yeah. Like, that that made a difference. But, of course, that being said, uh, as soon as the PS5 is available for pre-order, I will pre-order one. But I'm, I'm not saying I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not going to get a PS5 as soon as I can. And the only problem I'm going to have is it's PlayStation 4 compatible, which is great to play the PS4 games. But I love my PS4 Pro because it's the Glacier White one. What am I going to do? And I will have no need for it whatsoever. No, no, you won't. And when I pre-order the PS5, I'm not going to trade it in six months ahead of time Mm -hmm. and wait just for the credit. So I'm going to have to... I'm probably going to end up just charging the PS5 and then trade it in my PS4 for credit you have to, to get all my games and equipment. Yeah, right. So take a look at what they're offering. See if you can just do like do the whole down payment thing yeah. or if you have to pay for it outright in the beginning. Because maybe see if you could swing where you pay half of it and then bring your PS4 with you. And like, here you go <laughs> to finish off the maybe. pre-order. Yeah, I'll have to look into it. But uh, I'm pumped up, man. Nice. And uh, I don't have a PSVR, but it did say that was compatible with the PS5. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, if the PS4 Pro's got the whole VR thing going on. Because you basically need the Pro for like, that, right? I want a VR, but at this point, I'd rather wait until the next edition of it comes out. Right. 
which again, I don't know what kind of enhancements they plan for that. Hopefully wireless, I would think. One would hope. We'll see what happens. Seems pretty cumbersome from what I've heard, wire-wise and controller-wise. All right, so moving on, we got a couple of trailers. There's oh, yeah, been man. trailers all over the place, but we got two in here that I'd like to speak to. First one I'll do is Star Wars. Save, oh. the, save the other one for last. <laughs> I'm more excited about the other one. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, <laughs> but so Star Wars has a new trailer. I mean, it looks great, but like to me, it's okay. It's more Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a middle of the road Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's all right. I like, I watch it. I have never reached the level of fandom that some diehard Star Wars fans mm-hmm. and there is like can reach quite the the mass community and, and fandom I mean it's, there's no denying that no, but it's a really interesting just group of fandom to be that into something yeah, I never understood getting like that deep into I mean, it I mean it doesn't of course relate just to Star Wars but Star Wars fans are a specific breed mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like obviously nothing will ever live up to their expectations I don't think. No. no. Whether outside of the original trilogy. I, I mean, I think, yeah, the first three movies were garbage. Sure. Oh, oh the prequel? Yeah. The prequel uh, that we shall never speak well, of. I'm not going to say that, yeah, it was the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Only. Yeah, it's, up there. It's, it's up there. It's up there. It's good, there. but it doesn't ruin Star Wars in no, general for no, me or something No, like not that. at all. And I kind of, at this point, just watch them so I know what the story was. Mm-hmm. But the preview for the new one looks really good action-packed, and I'm curious to see how they wrap it up. Yes, that, and that's why I wanted to bring this on here. I'm with you. I enjoy the Star Wars universe. I'll go see the movies. I really enjoyed Rogue One. I enjoyed that more than I thought. Yeah. More than I expected to. But what's interesting about this is they're completing the saga. Yeah. Their saga comes to an end. Something. Or so they say. So we'll see. Yeah, because... uh, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there's now, already some kind of different trilogy planned for it, something. So. It, it's all my Disney now. Yeah. You'd be stupid to stop milking that cash cow. Oh, and they won't. You, you I mean, can't. They I mean, I will give flack to a bunch of companies for milking the same thing for too long, but yo, it's Star Wars. Like, you can keep that going for a long time. Oh, yeah, man. I don't even know if, yeah, if it's even branching off or continuing this saga or doing other spin-offs within the universe type of thing you know another star wars story they've got uh, the mandalorian that'll be coming out on the disney plus oh, channel that, looks, that actually looks really it good. does look pretty neat that looks really good it does look pretty interesting i'll see if i like can throw I, that like trailer i said i have a level of, as well yeah i have a level of interest in star wars that keeps me kind of just interested enough to watch them and moderately enjoy them and see just see where the story goes mm-hmm there's not going to be a single aspect of it that's this sucks. I don't ever want to see Star ruin Star Wars. For yeah, me. yeah. We're, I try to avoid toxic no, fandom. I try not to be that kind begin of person. With, but I'm definitely not going to get Maybe. that bent out of shape. No, just like the last season of Game of Thrones. Well, that's <laughs> oh jeez, that was tough maintaining my positivity. They, that, they were testing me on they that. Could it have been better? Yeah, but I'm yeah. not going to let it ruin the series no. for me. No, 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 no. So the other trailer I have on here, and I'll, I'll give it a squeal. I'll give it a <laughs> Witcher. The Witcher, baby. Oh, man. And it's based off the books. Which I have not read, but no, uh, actually, I'm gonna, as a Christmas gift, I'm going to ask someone to just give me the box set. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've actually mentioned that to Stephanie, uh, where it's like, I don't know what I want. I know you can get the box set. 
Oh, what does it come out? Twenty or um? Witcher comes out December twentieth. December twentieth. Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to say twenty twenty. Like, and they no. just put out the new trailer for it literally two days ago. Right. And it looks awesome. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they put out the trailer two days ago. I immediately snagged a link to that and threw it into the show. And it's like immediately. <laughs> and I think everyone, everyone was excited when they first heard the news, and then you got skeptical because how yeah. are they going to do it justice? Here they hired Henry Cavill, who played Superman. Yeah, and he was so much of a pretty boy. Yeah, and that, so that, that like, I, I don't me. know what to do about that. That deflated my hype so it much. I'm like, who? Interesting to kind of see the tides turn between excitement. I'm like, I don't know. And then you get a trailer, like, this is, this looks badass. Yeah, and it just kept getting more and more badass with every trailer yeah, that they because, released. And I think one of the important aspects was Henry Cavill, of course, when they interview him, talking about how much he loved the series. He's played the games, he's read the books. If you've played the games, and it's, he said in the interviews, like, I've played Witcher 3 with the DLCs multiple times. Yeah. Wow. Like, knows, and I, I've said this in previous episodes on here. So he clearly knows the source material. Yeah, and you love to see that kind of dedication from an actor taking on any kind of epic yeah, story. Like, because you can always do your research. Yeah. You can, oh, I am familiar with this series, this fandom, this whatever. I got the part. I'm going to go read the source material real quick so I understand what my influences are. Dude's already read the books. Yeah, clearly he knew what this was when he auditioned and was all yeah. super pumped up about it. So And... I don't know if they had to do some digital enhancements to his voice, but from, like, the little bit of Witcher that I have played, like, they matched Geralt's voice, like, surprisingly well. The only thing, and of course the only thing I've noticed is, it doesn't seem like he has the face scar. True. In any of the trips. At least not yet. But And that goes back to, like, I, I'm not fully familiar with that. I've played a little bit of the Witcher. So, I'm, and I've said that, like, I want to complete... Witcher 3 before this comes out. Right now, it's not looking like I'm going to be able to do it. <laughs> Witcher 3 is the only one I've played, so admittedly, I don't even know where the scar came from. Or if there's a story behind it. I assume there is. But I Yeah, I would so. assume there is as well. But again, this kind of goes back to the Witcher video games take place after the books. That much I do know from yeah. like reading other articles. But I feel that I know enough about the world of Witcher. The main characters at the very least. Yeah, you know the main character, you know his different love interests, and I played it, like the intro chapters of Witcher 3, so I did like the first hunt, and I got to the, the castle where Geralt needs to play the part of whatever nobility, and he's like just disgusted with every aspect of it. He's like, I have to be nice to you because I'm told to. I fucking hate you, but <laughs> I'm, go I'm going to play nice. And it is kind of funny, the uh, viralness of that bathtub. Yes, we picture. got the bathtub. We got a bathtub. Uh, just how viral that image went to kind of represent the <laughs> almost the Witcher series in general. Because it was so ridiculous. Again, that was from Witcher 3, where the camera just pans up and there's a girl buck naked yep, in a bathtub. Feet up with his, yeah. Yeah, just, just here I am. <laughs> All right. But, oh, dark, dirty, and gritty. Looks great. Yeah. And I will, I think it's only going to be like eight episodes, eight episodes, but I'll finish it in a week for sure. Oh, sure. Probably. Oh, sure. But definitely excited for that. Yeah. Definitely what I'm going to be watching come December. So, oh, yes. Uh, 
right, moving along now. Gonna move right into Capital Region Unlocked. I'm, I'm so happy that this little Let's segment's taken up. It is. Uh, I got two links in here. And the first one is called Creative Capital Shaping the Region's Economy. And I was fortunate enough to actually go to the screening of this at the WMHT Studios. Mm-hmm. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. So it it's more than just video games, but it – well, first off, it was hosted by Kua Bala, who was the – co-founder of Vicarious Visions. Vicarious Visions is a local game studio for us. Yep. Has played some major roles and put out some amazing content over the years. That was sold off to Activision, and he and his brother have since opened up Velen Studios. So I haven't heard much of what's coming out of Velen just yet, but they're always posting job postings. Yeah, I'm not sure. So they're they're doing work. I don't know what they're up to, but they're doing work. And so Google was the host, and this little hour-long segment on what's happening in the area just kind of relates to the game development and all the supporting art that's around in the area. So you had a chance to watch it, right? I did. I actually watched the whole thing last night, and uh, it was really intriguing, actually, talking about the concept of the creative economy. Not your typical jobs that would make up an economy in general. I think it was like talked about like land sales and mm-hmm. usual businesses, more common type businesses. That Retail, yeah. manufacturing, that's like what you usually think of with economy. Yeah, and this was more about the, they love that term creative economy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really did. Yeah, they because pushed they, that hard. They yeah, pushed that hard. Because it was about the economy being built around the arts. Right. Really and growing that, the area that way. And going, taking it in a new direction. And that feeds into the game development in the area as well, because it's all creativity. And the arts tend to feed on its, itself. It's kind of like a self, that's self-replicating, perpetuating. There we yeah, go. Yeah. That's, there's the term I'm looking for. It's a very self-perpetuating industry in that the more of an arts community that exists, it attracts more of an arts community, thus making the community larger, thus attracting more, thus making it larger, thus attracting more, and so on and so forth. So it was really cool to see how it's just, I don't want to use the term blossoming because that's (laughs) way too flowery of a term for me, so to speak, but that's really what's happening. It's, It's definitely blooming. It's definitely like just coming into its own. It's, uh, I mean, you don't think about all the, and they, they kind of really focused on freelancers. Yes, very much so. Because that, I mean, and that's a huge percentage of that economy, and whatever goes into them not being able to start, necessarily start a business and just freelancing, because mm-hmm. there's, of course, they brought in Paul Tonko, who, of course, the politician, talking about the kind of incentives for trying to get people to start businesses with the tax breaks. I think health insurance is really probably the biggest hindrance to oh, absolutely. a lot of the creative types being able to start their business. Well, I mean, how the, many artists are out there where art is their side gig? Yeah. Because you need health insurance. Yeah. And I really wonder if we were ever to get you know, universal health care, what would happen to the art scene? And what that, would happen to the scene where if you don't need to have a corporate job just to have your health insurance or you could fully invest in your art and not have to spend three quarters of whatever income you're bringing in just for your own private health care. 
That, that was actually one of my first thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, without going into the politics of it, just we, take that right. out of it. But mm-hmm. think of universal health care for a moment. You don't have all the super talented people that have that to worry about. What can that do for the economy instead of your typical jobs that are kind of being phased out in a lot of different ways anyway? And most of your corporate jobs, most of your steady income jobs, there are very few that allow you to flourish creatively. Yeah. But that's just the nature of business. Like you can find creative solutions to the problems that are posed to you. Cool. But it's not pure creativity. It's not artistic creativity. People work in the arts. Like this podcast, for me, is part of a creative outlet for myself. Yep. Like if I didn't have this, I'd be going stir crazy (laughs) type of thing. And despite the drinking, my podcast is a bit of a creative outlet as well. (laughs) It's not really isn't just an excuse to drink. But, (laughs) But, you know. It helps. But And, again, it, of course, focuses on Albany and the surrounding area and the boom within upstate here. Mm Mm-hmm. Because obviously the overhead to have a business down in New York City oh, it's, is absolutely ridiculous. It's huge. And with the schools we have around here, big engineering schools like RPI or mm-hmm. Union, really bringing in more attention. And it's cool to see that kind of growth starting to finally happen. Yeah, definitely. And the other bit for Capital Region Unlocked, we have an eSports cafe coming to downtown Troy. Speaking of growing. Yeah, yeah, lots of stuff going down in Troy. I was able to interview Muse and Lestrala of Queenship Games down at the Tech Valley Game Space in the Center of Gravity in downtown Troy. I'm in works, uh, excuse me, I'm in talks with a few other people down in the Troy area trying Mm -hmm. to get some episodes going. Hopefully that will come to fruition very soon. But Troy has quite the booming nerd scene. They really do. <laughs> they really do, though. They really do. And this in particular, there's an esports cafe coming to town. As I'm trying to open this link right now. And as I was just talking about it being so expensive for the overhead of a business in New York City, the guy opening this cafe was originally looking to open his second cafe down towards the city, yeah, as I mean, it talks about, and then ended up up in Troy. Yeah, first sentence yeah. of the article. A New York City-based esports and gaming hotspot is opening a location in downtown Troy. Yeah. First sentence of the article. And it goes in a little bit talking about like why we're moving upstate. I mean, all sorts of businesses are moving upstate just because it's expensive down in the city. It's expensive, and I, one of the quotes that I, um, or t- like little topic areas I pulled out of the video mm-hmm. was, in Albany, in the surrounding area, you can kind of afford to fail. Okay. More so than you can in a big city. Yes. Yeah, if you fail in a big city, you're, you're falling far. Yeah. It, it's going to be rough for, for a bit. And we're not that far from New York City to begin with. Just under three hours of a train ride. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to get back and forth. So... Found another bit in the article. Finally found what I was looking for. Uh, Gigante said he originally planned on opening his second location somewhere else in New York City or in the tri-state area. That changed, he said, after he visited Troy and learned about the area's growing video game industry. Velen Studios and Vicarious Visions, again, like I just mentioned, uh, are some of the studios operating in the capital region. There's a few other gaming studios. We have WB Games in Troy, but Troy, yeah. uh, as well, as well as up in Saratoga, it was Mad Glory, and it was purchased by PUBG a few years back. Yep. And 
the Tech Valley game space in the Troy again. Yeah, Troy is where uh, the game development is happening. It is in the capital region. So and it's just amazing to see these kinds of places like these esports cafes mm-hmm. popping up. Oh, by the way, this is going to be called Waypoint Cafe. There you go. So that, I mean, that's where you're going. Yeah. Boom. Boom. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Off my train of thought. <laughs> It's cool to see places like this pop up now. I mean, I've never been into esports myself or the kind of games that it's built around. Right. I'm more of a single-player type guy. Mm, likewise. But yeah, and but it's great to see communities like this and places pop up that support the gaming community. I mean, even if you're not into those games, just go hang out mm-hmm. with other gamers and things like that. It's a complete 180 from like when we were growing up in the Nintendo and Atari days or something right. like that. We've mm-hmm. kind of seen like the change from hide in your basement, you're a nerd... Right. To your parents are ashamed that you play video games too. Now like that's the point of this cafe. Yeah, it's one of the most social things out there you could possibly do almost. Right. It's it's still weird for me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've gotten used to it over the past couple of years because I've gone through like born again geek if you want to call it that. But for a while it was really awkward for me to see people walking down the street in a Super Mario Brothers t-shirt like it's the hottest thing. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, I'm making a statement right now. I'm stepping out and I got my Nintendo t-shirt on. And then you wonder if they're a poser because they're not really a nerd. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I don't I don't want to be the gatekeeper. That was hysterical. I, one of the Empire State cons, the first one I went to, and I had a booth. I'm talking to one of the con goers, and he said something to the effect. Like, he didn't believe I was a huge gamer. He's like, oh, you don't look like one of the nerds, but you look like one of the cool kids. And I just stood there for a moment. Did I just get called out for being a fake geek guy? Yeah. <laughs> Did I just get called out? It's a complete so, 180 from the culture there used so to be. So let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I've been level grinding in Final Fantasy longer than you've been alive, okay? I was doing that last night. <laughs> I, you know, I was going back to that last night as well, the Chrono Trigger. <laughs> so, very cool to see. But yeah, it's great to be in a... I don't know if up-and-coming is really the term to use anymore, because, I mean, it's, it's blown up already, but, uh, yeah. but it's just still going. That, and it's cool to be around. That's kind, kind of the, the theme of that I've been talking about in my past few episodes, where like it's it's not up-and-coming anymore. No. But not just, just tech-wise, craft breweries and distilleries and things like that, too. Yeah, like, they're here. Yeah. We're here. The only people who don't know that we're here are the people who insist on assuming that... It's still... There's nowhere to be if you don't want to be in New York. It's that mentality is still out there. Oh, yeah. The city. So, awesome. Right, moving on to the final segment of this. We got some questions coming up, and I was able to get... Hold on, I have to look it up on my phone. There it is. Okay. All right. This, I saw this question. This one's all you. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. No, I'll take this question. So this is coming from Friendly Neighborhood Dave Mann from Insane Games up north. And his question is, do you think Obsidian Entertainment should make a new Fallout game to give an ailing brand some help? So... See, I haven't played any Fallout games. Oh, you haven't? No, okay, well, still haven't. Well, you played uh, Skyrim. Yes, I did. All right. Uh, and I remember, play... and I remember asking you about Skyrim. 
<laughs> that ill-fated day. Like, uh, hey, Anthony, have you ever played Skyrim? And you're like, clear your schedule. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> Just go into your calendar. Yeah, this was at the office. Yeah. You had learned that I was a gamer. Like, So this is like when I was still relatively new. And you're like, hey, Anthony, ever play uh, Skyrim? Like, oh. It's like you just stopped working on whatever you were, and you're like, sit down. <laughs> Let the games begin. So, I don't know if Obsidian, I don't think Obsidian worked on Skyrim, but Obsidian worked on a few games for Bethesda. Okay, yeah. And I know the name. Yeah, I just and, don't know what they worked on. And basically, Obsidian made the best Elder Scrolls games and Fallout games okay. that Bethesda released. And then Bethesda released Fallout 4, which was okay. It was good. It was definitely more Fallout, and so it had its little quirks here and there, but, I mean, it was still a great Fallout game. And then they released 76. <laughs> speaking of, not to go off topic quite that much, quickly, okay. of speaking of Fallout 76, did you see the article maybe a week or two ago where they were putting a price plan in place for like 100 bucks, and you can just play by yourself in your own world? I was going to bring that up. So, like, <laughs> oh, all right. um, yeah, it's called Fallout First, <laughs> and they're making a subscription service for your own To private. be alone. Yeah, to be alone. <laughs> Like, this, this game it had a botched launch. I'm still pissed on behalf of the other people who did, like, the collector's edition pre-order, where they were supposed to get a canvas bag to go along as part... Like, a canvas tote or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. They ended up getting a nylon tote. Or I knew there bag. was some... Yeah. Or yeah. So, like, lower quality. Clearly lower quality. But the, the salt in the wound was that... The canvas bags existed, but they were given to the YouTubers and Twitch streamers. Oh. Yeah. That's bad for business. That's real bad. And to compensate, they gave them, like, 200 atom points, which is, like, the in-game currency for the microtransactions. That would piss me off. Which was valued at, like, $5. Yeah. I'm like, this is your compensation? Like, I played it. I stopped playing it. I make no... Uh, I don't even know what the term would be. Like... I wouldn't be open about it. I'm not going to be turning that game on again. Uh, it's <laughs> I, I paid full price. I I will not be playing. I'm not a fan of survival to begin with. Yep. Uh, there's no safe space in the game. Like all of the MMOs or MMO style or multiplayer type games have some type of hub where you can just like go through your inventory and not be disturbed by enemies or other players. Like that doesn't exist. I get it because it's the survival yeah, aspect of it all. But still. And the developing your character's skills, you have to open up, like, card packs and, like, the pack of cards. Yeah, nothing unquote. about this sounds entertaining. Yeah, you? right? Like, you get like, five or so different, like, cards, and each card is a different, like, perk that you can apply to your character. But you're limited to whatever comes in that little card pack. So if you want to play, like, a sniper build, well, hope you get sniper-esque cards. Okay. Otherwise, you're going to be a healer. Or you're going to be melee-based, because those are the cards that you get. That's nonsense. Yeah, so with all of this, you know, I don't know what the player base has been doing. I know people are still playing it, If and if you enjoy it, you rock out with your bad self. Yeah. You No, you, that's what gaming is about, enjoying the worlds that you inhabit. Not every game is for every person. Very, very true. What was it? Death Stranding recently just got like a oh, 6.8 on IGN. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm still intrigued. I'm still interested because 
when games are at that like seven or eight level, to me that sometimes indicates that they're a bit N- on the niche. NPR didn't have a great review of it either. Oh boy. <laughs> but I've I haven't played it yet and I'm not bad trying to badmouth it, but I've never been so sick of a game before it even came out. Of at least hearing about it. <laughs> oh, uh, Division for me. My God, I heard about Division so much before the game came out. And it, to the point where I had no interest in even yeah, trying to play. But it's, yeah, it's so weird. Anyway, point being that it might be very niche, or it might like scratch a very particular itch, or it might just be a very particular style game that's not going to be have any type of mass appeal. Yeah. So I'm still kind of holding out hope for it. But as far as uh, Dave's question goes... Oh, and the, another reason why this question comes up. Man, we are going on all sorts of tangents. Hey, man. <laughs> Recently, Obsidian released Outer Worlds. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay, so you've been hearing about that game. Heard about it. I don't know much about it. Okay, it's basically the Fallout game that everybody wanted in the first place. Oh, all right. Except it takes place in space, and it's got some other like space alien aspects to it all. But Obsidian pretty I'm much... more intrigued, yeah. Yeah, Obsidian basically said, all right, screw you guys. We're going to make the game that people actually want to play. And people are like, this is going to be an instant classic. Like, Good this for is, them. Yeah, this is a great game. I've heard no bad things about it so far. So Obsidian, you know... If you want to work on another Bethesda game, rock out. But if this is like your statement of we're going to produce our own game and this is the quality that you guys come out with, hey. <laughs> you yeah, know? We don't know what kind of issues go on behind the scenes. So yeah, to... there's definitely business type of issues, yeah, especially yeah. with the larger game series where it's not just that they have to make money. They need to make like margin. They need to make a profit margin much higher than your standard sales. In a lot of games, you got to make hundreds of millions of dollars to even get profits from anymore. Right. Which is why, you know, micro and I would love to be on like a panel at a con for microtransactions because personally, I love microtransactions. I never purchased them, but <laughs> I think they're fantastic because give me all the cosmetic stuff you can dish out. Give me the fancy hats. Give me the glowy skin. Give me the ornaments to put on my weapon. Again, it's probably it doesn't affect gameplay. I mean, with the amount of work and just expansiveness that goes into a lot of these games now, keeping that sixty dollars price point. Oh, it's unrealistic. It is. Where it's the, <clears throat> uh, you got to find other ways. Right. So either subscription service, which <laughs> some games can pull it off, some probably not. But if you're going to do that through microtransactions to get pretty hats or skins for your weapons awesome do it but obsidian if you guys can pull off this level of game by yourself i don't see a reason why they would need to go back yeah that's kind of this is kind of a statement this is kind of like making your stand yeah. type of thing so nah <laughs> you guys do you let let bethesda learn from their mistakes and if they want to pursue the fallout franchise anymore give the fans what they want maybe yeah i mean Elder Scrolls 6, apparently still in development, right? I hope. Who knows? I, I haven't heard that it was canceled. Still won't be out any for no, years. That, sure. Yeah. Huh? We'll see. Okay, so with that, we're going to move into the final five questions. These are the five questions. Yeah, and you know all about As this. As I'm rubbing my hands. All right. <laughs> final five questions that range from irrelevant to irreverent. The first two are always the same. The last three have a theme. Here we go. So, first question, coffee or tea? Coffee, sir. And? With a little cream and sugar, usually. Just a little bit? Yeah, just a little cream and sugar. I mean... Just to take the edge off? Yeah, just to take the edge off. I don't have a problem with, you know, some flavored creamers every once in a while, like French vanilla or hazelnut mm. or something. Just to mix it up a little bit? Yeah. Okay. I like to just 
you know, mix it up a little bit. If uh, there are points where I've needed coffee bad enough, where if there's nothing to put in it, I can drink it black fine. Yeah. But in general, I prefer a little cream and sugar. Okay. So we know you play video games, but do you play any tabletop games? No, but I kind of wish I got into it more. Would get into it more, at least. Well, uh, and I've said this to a couple other co-workers of ours, and I think I've tried to bring you onto uh, a game night or two. Yeah. I'll, I'll get you over one of these nights. We'll figure something out. <laughs> well, I, the, the dogs are easy to deal with. It's the, it's the kiddos now that are the yeah, big pain. something I definitely want to try to get into more, or at least start getting into more, you know, outside of Monopoly level. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can show you things. <laughs> So, we'll, we'll talk about that later. All right. All right. So, and the last three. So, your last name be Osborne. So, these will all be involved with the song titles from the famed musician Ozzy Osborne. Okay, so that's where we're going with this. All right. <laughs> but, as always, these are all super okay. open-ended questions. So, in the theme of the song Crazy Train. I like it. What's the farthest distance you ever traveled by train? By train? Yeah. Uh, from New York to South Carolina on a train. Really? Yeah. Because I'm all prepared. I was all prepared for just like Albany to New York City. Nope. But you went uh, to South Carolina. When we, I'm from the area here. Moved to South Carolina I, right before I turned 15. Okay. My dad had already been down there because he had to start his job. So mm-hmm. my mom and I took the train down a couple weeks later. And I don't remember how long it was. It was a long. It was a long. Yeah, that's a ride. that's a long one. But uh, yeah, South Carolina. Okay, I do enjoy the train ride to, from Albany to the city, though. It's a- I usually go from Poughkeepsie. Oh really? It, it, yeah, I just started going from Rensselaer. Yeah, it's it splits it up like right in the middle. But See, it, I thought about that, but I don't want to get off the train and then have to drive an hour. So. True. Yeah, I, I, I just gotcha. take it the whole way. Gotcha. Very scenic. I like it. It is. It's quite scenic it actually. Is. If you go up the Northway, up north they have like. I think it's like glass ceiling, so you can look at the Adirondacks yeah. and the changing leaves. It's really nice. So, next question. In light of paranoid, what's the creepiest thing that's ever shown up on your Twitter or Facebook feed after you've casually mentioned it? Oh, God. I was just having a conversation with uh, our buddy Mike Townsend at work. Okay. Who is my guest on the Michigan Man Michigan episode Man. I have. Okay. I don't know. This is creepy because we started joking about White Claw, okay. a alcoholic hard seltzer. Yes. <laughs> Which I think he has a secret obsession with. Oh, does but he? But won't admit it. Okay. We'll get into that. I've never had I'll, it. I'll have to look into that. All but, right. you know, there's... Over, it, at some point over the summer, it just became super popular for some reason. It's a, it's another Al Capone, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, it's the new Smirnoff. It's the new Zima. Whatever. Okay, pass. But, but it was ahead. like the drink for the term "white girl wasted." <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> we were joking about that on the as I recorded, and then of course joked about it in person for a couple of days, and then literally ads for White Claw started showing up. Oh, man. In, like, my Twitter or Facebook feed. I'm like, I haven't even posted anything about White Claw. And you didn't, like, search for it at all? No. It was just straight from your microphone? Yeah. Ooh. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I wasn't recording live. Mm-hmm. I up edit the ep- episode and upload it. Sure. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was one point. I mean, I would I texted him a couple jokes about it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, because my brain trying started hurting. Like, like, where where did this I come have, from? Yeah, exactly. 
like I don't want advertisements for White Claw filling up. <laughs> we're we're gonna cancel these ads out real yeah, quick. To their credit, I kind of want to try one now just to know what I'm insulting. <laughs> you want to know your enemy? Yeah, it's like uh, you gotta know the worst to really be able to judge the best. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna let that slide. I'm just not gonna do. <laughs> yeah, but that was super creepy. Yeah, that it's is not creepy. even like I was posting anything mm-hmm. about White Claws or. Yeah, just talking just about him online or anything. So, all right, that was weird. Final question. I like, didn't expect that. No, not really. No. But that's that's why we got these questions, yeah. right? So, final question. In the vein of Iron Man, which was your favorite Iron Man movie? I think you got to go the first one, right? That's what I would probably go I would with. Say they just got started off, yeah. Progressively worse. You know, the I Iron really, Man movie specifically. Yes. But uh, I mean, I still enjoyed them all. Oh sure. I've always been a big Marvel fan. I think the movies are fantastic. But I also think you have to suspend reality. <laughs> well, you, you always have And to. not take the comics so seriously that you can't enjoy the movie. Well, they're taking decades of content and cramming them into... Yeah, I know, really. You're not going to be able to please everyone. Just no... enjoy it for the entertainment experience it is. You know, And I've talked to people about this both on and off this show where I... No, I'm not going to start reading Captain America because I don't have time to make up 50 years worth of content. I'm not going to start reading Superman or Batman or any of the Avengers because I don't, like, there's no way, like, anything that I read, I'll just be able to, like, relate what I saw in the movies into the books. I'll I'll be going backwards. Yeah, and the only thing I do is when they mention a character or I read about characters they're going to incorporate and like upcoming movies and storylines. If I don't know who it is, I just look up who the character is. Right. And what a little bit on their background. Right. That's while, about it. While I was watching the Netflix series, the Marvel series on Netflix, uh, someone would have like a named character would yeah. come up. I'm like, okay, you're important. So Marvel, blah blah blah. Okay, that's who he is. I just look up a little backstory quick. Right. I don't need his entire story arc for the last decade. Right. Yeah, and it was kind of surprising where there were some named characters in the Marvel series that they seemed kind of, you know side or support but just on a whim eh, let's see what oh i guess they're actually a major player in the marvel yeah. universe okay cool but I, I mean i think marvel does a great job with their storytelling in general mm-hmm. but i think as the iron man movies went on those kind of got progressively worse <laughs> it happened i still enjoyed robert downey jr though absolutely and that is all the time we have for this episode of Roll the Standard End of Show Plugs. You can find the show notes, which contain contact links for all topics discussed for this and all previous episodes on videogamecrosstalk.com, as well as all the social media contacts and occasional blog posts. Or you can follow me around on Twitter, Instagram, PS4, and Twitch at HyperSyntax, H-Y-P-3-R-S-I-N-T-4-X. As for my guest, Chris, where can our beautiful listeners follow you around? Ooh, I'm glad you asked, friend. <laughs> you can find stories from a bar on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, the main players. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episodes are, of course, up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean. Uh, again, more the major players. Same place you'd find... Yeah, pretty much all the same places, yep. And uh, Stories Fab, F-A-B on Twitter and Instagram if you're looking for that. Uh, But be sure to follow the show and check it out. I'd greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay. Please don't forget to like, review, subscribe, and share this podcast all over your social media accounts. And we can be found, again, on all the podcast platforms. Yes, sir. (laughs) The podcast audio gets pushed out to YouTube, and I've, well, I've, tried to start some other Destiny lore videos. Fortunately, life gets in the way. As yes, you have, nerd. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Trying to get it pushed out, but yeah, we have a YouTube channel, so check that out as well. 
thank you all for listening, and thank you, Chris, for joining me. Hey, man, my pleasure. It's always fun to get together. And I'm going to have to see if I can use this room more often. Yeah, this was a pretty good experience. A shout-out to the Bethlehem Public Library. Man. Yeah, I'll definitely tag them up in the post for this. And in the words of Neil Gaiman, things need not have happened to be true. Tales and dreams are the shadow truths that will endure when mere facts are dust and ashes and forgot. segment of this we got some questions coming up and i was able to get hold on i have to look it up on my phone hold please this hold, is where please. the magic of editing will come into play that's right well i mean i'll only take out a little bit of it but uh hold on get into it come on do i need to go on my other account see the updates there it is okay All right <laughs>